Welcome to the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, founder of Expansive CEO and X Squared Wealth Planning. Buckle in as we explore how to create true prosperity and build a business and a life that expands beyond yourself and makes a dent in the universe. Welcome everyone to this episode of the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, and I am here with a beautiful, beautiful friend, named Krisha Young. She is a coach in so many different ways. Um, and she especially teaches successful entrepreneurs how to have healthy boundaries and release old patterns of self-betrayal. And she literally just wrote a book on boundaries, mm-hmm. on how to have how having healthy boundaries helps you get your needs met. And so we're going to talk about several different things regarding like relating to boundaries and what comes up when we start talking about boundaries. And especially, again, this is the expansive CEO podcast. So how does that relate to your business, to your sales? Like what is it that we're experiencing when we don't have healthy boundaries? How do we see that showing up in our business? Um, So Krisha, Thank you so much for being here. And I would love for you to take a little bit of time to, you know, tell us about you and what you got going on. Um, yeah, this is so exciting. Thank you so much for having me here, um, Hannah. I have been really enjoying our budding friendship and um, you know, nerding out with you on certain topics, which we're gonna dive into today. Um, and I'm excited to talk about boundaries. Um, it, you know, it it's it's When I've been coaching, um, you know, women and some men um, since 2015, and it dawned on me um, last year that the the underlying kind of not the deep, deep, deep stuff, but the but the underlying root cause of a lot of issues that I was seeing in these like professionals, like CEOs, doctors, lawyers, whatnot, like entrepreneurs. Um, with the kind of like a little bit of chaos in their life that they were coming to me saying like, I can't, I can't with this anymore. I need to find more joy and more happiness um, was a lack of boundaries. And I was like, okay, you're saying yes all over the place instead of saying no, or you're people pleasing, or you're afraid to ask for your needs to be met, like in relationships or like over serving, over delivering, or not having like appropriate contracts or keeping staff on way longer than you should. Right. So there was like all of these things that were kind of like a little bit of a mess. And then I was like, Ooh, if you only had said no, then, you know, you wouldn't be here. So let's look at why you are struggling with seeing no, which is that deeper rooted coaching, right? That releasing those patterns um, and getting that strength inside of you to be able to like know what it is that you want, know what your values are, know what's important to you. So going forward, you're making better decisions in your life, in your your relationships, with your kids, with your family, with your work, all of that. And it kind of cleans things up. Like boundaries just really clean up your life, I think. Oh, <laughs> in a great way. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's such a good way to put it. And I love how you immediately brought in, you know, not just work, not just clients and contracts and and over delivering, but family and mm-hmm. children and, you know, friend relationships and community commitments, right? Like boundaries like go throughout our whole lives. Yes. And so when we 
what the other thing that's kind of like percolating in me right now too is um when we start to create healthy boundaries in one area it then starts to you know domino effect into the other areas of our life as well mm-hmm. and so it's like it's not um when you're an entrepreneur especially it's not just having healthy boundaries with your clients right learning how to do that helps you know with your family and with your kids and all of that what do you think about that oh i totally agree but the thing is is that a lot of um a lot of entrepreneurs have learned how to sort of uh, compartmentalize right and so it's like I only want to look at this one area (laughs) and it's like, yeah, but it's kind of like impacting you everywhere. Right. And so, um, you know, in, in the process that I take people through the very last step is refinement. And so it's like, okay, let's look at this one area here. Right. Because like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You know, your marriage is falling apart over there, but your business needs to make more money or whatever you're just going to pick one (laughs) to focus on, you know what I mean? Or your self-care isn't doing so great. And, but you know, you need this over here. So we, we have, we tend to have to kind of compartmentalize in a way in order to be able to learn and understand, okay, what, what is the missing boundary? What is missing here? Um, why, why am I doing this thing that I'm doing? And then like, you know, once you kind of go through the, the different stages, I call it build a boundary system. It's like, just like you're, you're seeing what needs to be seen. And then you're creating, um, new ways of being in, in whatever that relationship is, whatever, whether it's your contracts or whatever it is. Um, and then you can take all of that wisdom and knowledge, and then you rinse and repeat and you bring it over here to this other area of your life, you know, um, because then it's not so charged. And I think that's what happens with people is like, there's one area of their life that is just so charged that like, it's like, I can't look at that right now. So I'm going to just like focus on this thing over here. But when you do turn that attention into like, kind of like clean it up in that one area, then it just, it really does become easier to clean up, you know, whatever other area might not be in integrity for you. Mm, Yeah. So that I can relate that exactly to the work that I do too with clients in, you know, with financial health, it's almost always the same. Like there's a, there's a priority system, right? Like um, I was meeting with clients today who were working on some life insurance stuff. And last year they've worked with me for more than a year, but last year it was cleaning up debt. Right. And there was a lot of stuff that had to be done there. And it was like, okay, we're going to talk about these other areas, but later, because we're going to focus on the part that needs the most help right now. And exactly what you're saying, that that same process of the things that we applied over time last year have set things up to be so much easier this year. Mm -hmm. And so it's, yeah, I, I love how that tends to happen when we do work right? When we allow ourselves to see something that needs to be uh, brought back into alignment or integrity or wherever it is that we're, you know, feeling that sense of this has to get better. When we allow ourselves to really see all of it and start to heal it, it's, you know, it, it moves through other areas of our life as well. So I'm hearing that with boundaries too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it becomes wisdom. So it becomes who you are. Mm. right it's who you be right so it's like when you're 
when you learn like, okay, whoa, I've been people pleasing or I've been complying to two different things. Um, then, oh, wow. Like you see it, right. You can't unsee it. That's like that awareness and observation piece, right. Where you're just like, whoa, okay. I see it. I can't unsee that now. And then you're like having lunch with a friend, you know, like six weeks later or, or whatever. And you're noticing, you're like, oh my God, I'm doing the same thing, but with my friend, like, whoa, okay. <laughs> like I can see now this pattern, like all over the place, you know, and then you get to just like continuously clean it up as you, as you go on. Cause like, you know, anything with you, with what you're doing, like there's underlying patterns there that these people are experiencing. I'm sure that are like whatever created the debt in the first place, mm -hmm. you know, like maybe there's some avoidance there or there's something there underneath deep underneath the surface, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh the, what you touched on there um really resonates with me too. It's the uh, the awareness piece, right? When we bring awareness um to to an aspect of ourselves that maybe we don't want to see. You know, or maybe we've been not, you know, feeling the effects of but not wanting to look at the root cause of yet, right? That's the awareness piece of like, okay, I can see that now. And when we see it, it doesn't mean it's automatically fixed or done, but I always find that that's the first step mm -hmm. towards then, okay, what's, what, where's the acceptance? And then where's the new action mm -hmm. um, for me? So the other part I wanted to talk about with you is the sense of like, where is the awareness, right? Or where, where are people experiencing lack of boundaries where it's mm. like, if, if they're hearing this, literally this podcast and like, well, I think my boundaries are fine. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. It seems, it seems okay. Yeah. But if you were to actually look and dive in, it would be like, mm, yeah, there's leaky leaky boundaries all over the place. What is the thing that you would be experiencing if you're not asserting healthy boundaries? Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you say that because I've had a lot of uh, like feedback about my book, um, from people who are like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Like I don't have problems with boundaries <laughs> and then they, and then they read it and they're like, oh my God, it's everywhere. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it could be the word boundaries is throwing people off because especially if you're like a confident, like successful person, like, you know, it's like confusing. Like, what do you mean? I don't have good boundaries. Like, of course I have good boundaries. Like I know how to say no, I can do this. I can do that. But it's like, it's, it's in the areas of your life where you're finding it really hard to speak up. Mm. So, you know, for a lot of my clients, it is, <clears throat> it's in relationships mostly, you know, and whether that's a relationship with your partner, like, okay, so like 50% of my clients are married and then 50% of my clients are like single women or, or dating or, you know, in new, newer kind of relationships. Right. And so the women who are in these like newer sort of relationships or dating or whatnot, um, they're super awesome over here in their business, <laughs> kicking ass, you know, doing whatever. And then when it comes to facing like 
the person that they're dating, like they just turn into like, they, they forget all their needs. They forget how to ask for what they want. They like every, the dial turns down on them in, in, in like a major way. And they might or might not really notice it. Or if they are noticing it, they're just like, I don't know what to do about this. Like, this is my, um, because they just don't know energetically how to show up powerfully. Well, empowered in that arena. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's when like the boundaries become like getting your needs met and speaking your needs. So it's not necessarily so much about saying no or the people pleasing part of things. It's more about asking for your needs to be met or knowing what your needs are. Right. And so it's like, okay, I'm dating this guy. I really like him. Um, he keeps asking me, I had a client like this. He keeps asking me, what is it that I want to do? Like, where do I want to go for dinner? Where do I, what do I want? And I keep saying, I don't know, whatever you want. <laughs> she kept saying that. Right. And it's like, cause she doesn't know what her needs are or she, she just can't get it out of her. Like it just stops at that throat chakra. Right. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't come out. And so instead what comes out is, I don't know. So it's like situations like that, you know, or maybe with a family member with kids. Um, again, a lot of my clients have usually generally have like teenage children, teenage, like into 20, something like that. Not, not usually young, young kids. Um, and they have a hard time, like, you know, and so there's like a lot of controlling that happens in those relationships and they're angry at their kids. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. Like, you know, are you trying to understand your child? <laughs> and that's when I, I would bring in human design first, first <laughs> intro yes, yes. <laughs> in our conversation here. Um, but it's like having your own boundaries on how you're speaking in the world to your children and how you're addressing them and seeing them as like the individual that they are, you know, um, and then seeing it like in, um, in the contracts and in how my clients, um, you know, work, uh, work with their clients, right. Um, they just might not have like clean, clean processes or whatnot, you know, um, or they're having like a lot of frustrations on their sales conversations or a lot of frustrations in their, uh, conversations with their clients. And they're feeling really overwhelmed. They're burnt out. They're not taking care of themselves. Like there's a lot of self-care issues in there. And that's like, again, it's a boundary issue because you're not like clearly stating what it is that you want or don't want in that, in that relationship. It's not in your contracts. You're not like, you know, because people are afraid. You know, if I stand up for myself in this way, I might not sign this client or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and um, if I take a break, then the whole business is going to burn down, <laughs> you know, or whatever. So like there's a myriad of ways that a lack of boundaries will show up. And I would just say, like, if you're feeling frustrated if you are trying to ask for your needs to be met, but the words aren't coming out, if you're finding that you're being harsh with people, or if you're find that, finding that you're like just not saying anything and then you're just agreeing and complying, you know, and just going along, keeping the peace, you have boundary issues, mm. period. Yeah, yeah, that one, if you, if you tend to go along, to keep the peace. If you yeah. don't want to rock the boat, if you ever find yourself, mm, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. Boundary. Boundary. <laughs> Boundary issue. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
So where you touched on another one that we're, we're going to get to. So you meant, you mentioned human design. We're going to go there in a minute. We're going to get to um, something else first though, the sense of um, here's, here's what I'm hearing. Like having healthy boundaries helps you get your needs met, but the fear is that exactly what you said? If I stand up for myself, if I if I express a boundary, I'm not going to get this client. I'm not going to sign a client. I'm not going to have you know this relationship if I assert a boundary. So it feels like the initial side of that of learning to set that healthy boundary feels like it's going to do the opposite. Yeah, exactly. And, and these are like some of the boundary myths that I talk about in the book, but it's like, it's just, it's this, the biggest one that, that we all face, but it comes, it shows up in different flavors for everybody is the fear of rejection, you know, like take, take that, uh, client, for example. And I've, I like my boundary issues are in romantic relationships. I'm learning some lessons, yo. Um, but also in my work, when I worked in corporate, like many, many, many years ago, I had no boundaries. I didn't know how to like say these things, you know, and it's like, um, not like having, like being afraid that once you say it, they're going to be like, see ya. And we all as humans have that, um, you know, physiological and biological need to be part, to belong, right? Like it's, it's in that DNA, it's in, in us. Right. And even though we're moving towards individualization, we still like want to be bonded and want to be connected with people. Right. And how do we do that? We do that by having that sort of like medium, happy medium that everybody can kind of like agree upon And so that's where we've learned how to like, kind of keep the peace. It's like, okay, I'm not going to rock the boat here because if I rock the boat, then that might mean I'm out of the boat. And then I'm over here swimming by myself and I've got no friends. And I, I, you know, the guy dumps me or I, you know, I get fired or something, you know, and I have experienced that like so much over my life where like I have opinions and I have been expressed And I've said something and then I have been ostracized from the crowd or the person or whatever it is. And it's like, oh crap. And then I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say anything anymore because I don't want that. Right. So it's a very, very, very real fear. And depending on your abandonment wounds, um, you know, from childhood or whatever, your attachment style, um, you know, it, it can show up in, in a myriad of different ways. Um, but it's definitely like a very valid and real fear that we have. Um, but what I found is like over time, I started to be like, like you just pay attention to your body and you're like, this is a no for me. This is a no for me. This is a no for me. This doesn't feel good. I don't like this. I don't want this or whatever. And then you're like, no. (laughs) you know, like you speak it out, however. And then what I found over time is the more I got rooted and grounded in my own knowing of what was right and what was not right for me, the more my boundary came out with love rather than with like that F you like, I'm out of here. And so when my boundary came out with love, which I like to call like a gracious no, 
Mm-hmm. Um, then what I found was people were people were like, oh, cool. Okay. No problem. What do you want to do instead? What do you want instead? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and that like helped me heal a lot of those sort of like fears around, oh my God, if I state what it is that I need or ask for what I need or say no to something, I'm going to be ostracized from the crowd. Mm. That's, it's like you, your, your nervous system needed Mm. that experience in order to incorporate. This is safe. I am safe. Yeah. To express my boundaries. Yeah. Yes. And that's a beautiful affirmation that anybody can use, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it is safe for me to express my needs. It is safe for me to have my my needs. It's safe for me to know what my needs are. You know, it's safe for me to say no. Mm-hmm. It's a great mm-hmm. affirmation. So I love uh, there uh, there are like so many things that I still want to like uh, um, <laughs> grab onto, but let's go through. So you just brought up the that aspect of feeling your no. Mm-hmm. And so let's, let's go a little bit. Let's uh, swerve, not even swerve, but let's open up the conversation to human design a little bit here as well, because um, just last week on the podcast, I was talking about my own authority and decision-making um, and how transformative it was for me to learn that I am a sacral being that my um, my decision-making comes from a gut response of, uh-huh, if it's a yes or uh-uh, if it's a no. And if I don't know, and it's like, mm, that's my clue to like ask more questions until I get to that uh-huh or uh-uh. And that my gut instinct is my leading factor in making decisions. But that's not the same for everyone. And so I, I went into last week, I went into a little bit of, um, or a lot of it, of my husband's design as well. He's uh, an emotional authority. So I'm sacral authority. I have this yes or no, like gut instinct that like helps point me in the direction that I need to go. And he's an emotional authority where it's all the pros, all the cons come back to middle. And that to me would feel like, you know, you're, you're popping my balloon or you're making you're making me feel wrong because well, did you think about this did you think about that did you think no i didn't think about all of those things <laughs> i can think about them as i'm doing this you know thing that felt like a yes um and it was really really healing for me to learn about that difference and to stop making myself wrong and stop making him wrong yeah. on both sides and so yeah, I mean, there are several different types of authority to how you're going to feel your yes or your no. Um, but yeah, that's that's how it comes across for me is that gut feeling of Mm-mm, no, nope, not like the like leaning, leaning back, not not wanting that piece. You, on the other hand, are emotional, right? You have emotional authority. How do you feel that? Well, how does it come through for you? as your no or your yes. Um, So I think we should probably also talk about type for a quick second. Yes. Um, Just for anybody who's like not quite following or newish or whatnot. Um, So I'm a generator and you're a manifesting generator. Is that right? Okay. Mm -hmm. What's your husband? He's an uh, emotional manifester. 
He's a manifester. Oh, wow. Fun. <laughs> That's fun. Um, so I am an emotional generator. And so I have the uh-huh, uh-uh, hmm, as well. And because I am a sacral being. Um, however, the emotion, the emotional authority trumps that. So when I first learned about my human design, I'm, I'm telling you this like changed my life, like learning my human design all those years ago, like just changed my whole entire life mm -hmm. um, in many, many, many ways. But um, no, learning my authority and like it took a while to really truly embody it and understand it. But it was like, I can't always make decisions in the moment. And I was finding myself like in this sea of like, act now, decide now. And why aren't you acting now? And I felt really bad. I felt like I, w I didn't know how to make decisions. Like I felt a lot of shame around my decision making. 50% of the population, I believe, has emotional authority. 50%. So it's like half the world is like unable to make instantaneous decisions like that, yet almost all of us are being forced to do that, you know? Yeah. And it's like, that's not fair. So I really started to honor that process within myself. And um, so I have the 4037. And so mine come in like these, these waves, because there's different, like, depending on your channel, there's different ways your, your emotions will kind of spike up or coming waves or whatever. And, <clears throat> um, I also thought like, like my emotions were all over the freaking place. Like I was up, down, sideways, uh, all around. And, <clears throat> um, when I learned that, like, okay, <laughs> it's like my emotions guide me, but they could also sabotage me, like take me out and to not make really important decisions in either of those states of being. So if I'm feeling sad and, and like, I used to feel really depressed. I don't, I don't go that down far down anymore because I've learned how to manage and, and deal with all of that. And now that I understand it all, I'm like, Oh, I don't have to go that deep anymore. Um, but it's like, I'm not going to make a decision when I'm in that down. And I'm not going to make a decision when I'm in that high, right? Because the high could be super high too when it's, un when it's dysregulated. And so what I've learned how to do over, over the course of time is like really feel into what is that uh-huh, what is the uh-uh. And the uh-uh for me feels like that. I, I call it like a column of no. It's like this immovable column. It's like I can't get around it. It's like a no. And that pressure to say yes, or that pressure to make a decision in that um, would be where we would compromise. And that's a boundary issue, right? Where we're compromising on our own boundary, on our own no, right? And, um, and then when you're adding the emotional authority layer on top of that, it's like, okay, am I a no because I'm in a low mood right now? Am I a no because of this? Or am I a no because this is a no, right? And so you just kind of learn to sort of take a minute and you're just like, just, just give me a minute. Like, just give me a minute. And that's what I started to do was really just kind of take my time and be like, okay, it's Monday, for example. And I'm a no today. Let me see how I feel about it tomorrow. 
And then the next day I'd be a yes for it. And it's like, oh my God, this is so confusing. Right. And then the next day I'd be, I don't know. And then like, and yeah, it's like all of these freaking like pros, cons, yes, no, maybe, I don't know. And it is, it is actually quite a difficult authority to have because in the end, we're never really 100% certain. However, how I found I got more and more and more certain was trust, like was listening to all of that, feeling all of that in my body and then stop making the cycle of the decision-making so long. Like, so not taking like forever to make a decision, shortening that cycle, making a decision, sticking with that decision, no matter what the consequence and learning from that. So I'm a one, three profile. So it's all about trial and error for me anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's like, choose your own adventure. But, um, it was like, okay, I'm feeling the no today. Oh, tomorrow I'm feeling the yes. The next day I'm feeling the no again. Next day I'm feeling the no again. Okay. This is probably a no for me. Mm. And I would just start to say, okay, I think this is a no for me, you know, and, and then kind of like sit and observe and be like, oh my God, like have the FOMO, like, oh shit, I just said no to something. Like maybe I should have said yes to it. And then realizing like a little while later, like, no, that was right. And so, or correct. Um, And so then I would be like, okay, now I know what that feeling feels like in my body. Command save. (laughs) Right. And then the next time a decision comes around, it's like, oh, I'm feeling that column of no inside of me. There's something not right about this. There's something, maybe I need more information or this, this is the wrong timing. It's the wrong person. There's something is a no in this. I'm still going to give it my little bit of time to go through my wave, but now it's a lot shorter, you know? And so my turnaround time now is pretty quick. And so I can actually sometimes override my emotional authority and go straight to my state girl because like, I already know, you know, the distinction between those two sensations in my body. And if it's a decision that's relatively like easy to make or whatever, I can just be like, oh yeah, I'm a yes for this. Like I, I'm, I'm a hell yes for this. I don't have to wait for that, for that wave. Is that making sense? Yes. <laughs> so much sense. I'm just trying okay. not to make too much extra noise. Um, <laughs> the microphone. So the things that you said, one, I wasn't aware um, that 50% of the population. I'll look it up just to make sure. Um, But that's like, uh, it makes sense in my, like, that's what it is in my family and other, you know, other people that I've looked at, like, yeah, there's a lot um, of emotional authority and 70% of the population of the world is a generator, either a generator or a manifesting generator. Yeah. Has that sacral yeah. defined. That's like the part of being a generator or manifesting generators that you have a defined sacral um, center. And so that's so fascinating to me to think that such a high percentage of the population has that emotional authority needs that time to ride the wave. And what was coming, what was kind of coming through, we might need to have another conversation because this is like a tangent that I'm really interested in, um, is how that shows up in sales and how mm-hmm. that maybe has a, um, mm-hmm. influenced sales trauma. Yeah. Either as the one being sold to or the one selling being, being the one being sold to and being like, like, why can't you make a decision right now? Right. I have been in conversations before where it's like, I feel like I need to talk to my husband and like, why do you need to do that? Why do you need to like, and again, I'm not an emotional authority, but, um, 
having those, you know, being pushed, mm. pushed to make a decision right now. Anything that says this deal goes off the table, like that sends up all of those panic signals that we, you know, like, oh, I have to figure it out. Oh, I should be able to make this decision right this second. Like that's all over it. What it's saying to me right now, as I literally say this out loud is it's, it's overriding the person in front of you's boundaries. 100%. It's not giving them any space. There's a, a, there's, there's an argument for both sides of these, of these things, right? Because, um, you know, when you, when you are in a sales conversation with somebody who, um, is just afraid to move forward, you know, it's, it's usually in service to them to kind of like, okay, what's, what's the hold back here? What is, what's the reason for the resistance? Like, why do you need to think about it? Or what, like, what is that? Um, however, there's that old school way of selling, um, which is what I originally learned was to just like, kind of still, even still with all of that, push them into the sale, which I always hated. And mm -hmm. then when I learned about like emotional authority, I was, and, and having been sold to like that and me being in pressure situations, I was like, no, that's not cool, man. And so now it turns, it turns that conversation into something that's a lot softer, you know, and more loving and more in integrity, you know, you need to go talk to your husband about it. Okay. That's totally awesome. Um, do you need some support in that? Like, what do you think your husband's going to say? Like, um, you know, can I help you with like how to ask for it? Like, do you guys struggle in that area? You know, like, or are like, you know, whatever. Um, okay. When can we meet again? Like, let's schedule something in for, you know, Thursday of this week. And so we can chat about it. If you, your husband wants to be on the call, let's have him on the call, you know? Um, rather than like sort of something more pressury, like, why do you need to talk to your husband? Are you not an, an autonomous woman in charge of your own money? Like, uh, yeah. And I'm also in a loving conscious relationship where we discuss things, you know? So <laughs> it's like allowing, um, allowing kind of like for both worlds to exist, like challenging the person, but doing it in a way that's loving and also respecting their own boundaries and <clears throat> allowing them to take time. And so now like, I don't sell for anybody who insists on doing one call close. Mm -hmm. No, thanks. That's a no dog. See, that's what I say. Like I, that's a no, I know that that's a no. So I'm like, no, sorry. That's a no dog. <laughs> that's what I say. <laughs> you know, not even let me think about it. It's like, no, no, it's out of integrity. You know, if somebody wants to close on a call, awesome. Like, of course I'll take your money. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you have that person who's like, I know this is right. This is let's do yeah. it. Like, and you explore all the pieces of like, is this the right fit? And it's, it is the right fit. Yes, absolutely. I feel exactly the same way. And I love how you brought in that energy of challenging can still be there. If it's, if it's done with love, if it's done with respect and it's done with the like the true motivation in mind of um, helping that person get to clarity. If it's not, if, if the goal is not my only outcome is a yes. If the goal is my only outcome is clarity, mm -hmm. then it can be done with kindness. 
because when we're like pushing, you know, I've been there too. Like that was my sales training as a financial advisor, you know, back whatever, 17 years ago. Um, and it was terrible. And it really like it pushed, it pushed through my boundaries over and over again of what felt good for me and establishing relationships with people. And it, you know, it just, it was so intuitively against what I, what I felt was again, like relationship building and what would actually get me clients that I wanted to work with. And yet that was the system, right. To call people and to persist and to keep calling and keep calling and keep calling and keep following up. And like, again, there is a, there is, there's room for strategy. There's room for some of those things. Yes. Following up is important if it's done with integrity, if it's done with love, if it's done with genuine curiosity. I feel like that's, that's the piece of it. And that almost like circles us right back to having gracious boundaries mm-hmm. and having that gracious no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is all about the grace, right? <laughs> yeah. It, that's just like having that love in your heart and coming from that place of service and, you know, being, being okay um, with, you know, whatever the outcome might be, you know? And I think a lot of business owners, um, you know, especially like entrepreneurs who need to sell for themselves struggle with that when it comes to like the months where you're like, uh oh, <laughs> not sure. Oh, we're, we're, we're eating spaghetti like every night this month, kids, <laughs> you know, and I mean, it's it's a reality. Right. And so like it's balancing like, oh, my God, like ah, I need to bring revenue in the door, you know, until you're at a point where like you have surplus. Right. Um, but I have to bring revenue in the door um, and, you know, needing like like that commission breath, like on the call or whatever and being like gracious in that like trying trying to just be in your heart and genuinely like okay like and you knowing too whether that person on the other side is yes or no for you I think that's really important in terms of like knowing your needs and having boundaries and all of that you know it's like and the same goes in the dating world it goes everywhere in friendships all of it you know it's like so like my three philosophies is like knowing what your values are. That's huge when it comes to knowing who you are. Right. But it's not just knowing your value. A lot of people think that they know what their values are, but they're not really like living by them. They're not making their decisions through their values or whatnot. Um, So I think going through like a really robust values exercise and really getting to know what your values are helps a lot in this decision-making process, right? And then there's the um, graciousness, right? So being in your heart and like curiosity and genuinely like, you know, having that openness and that lovingness in your heart. And then the inherent lovability, which is like that self-worth and like knowing your value, not values, (laughs) although they all tie in together, right? But knowing your value and knowing your worth, right? And so like, whether you're like, you know, you seem to be on this topic of sales here, but like when you're, when you are in having a sales conversation, um, you know, but whatever, wherever scenario that is, like you're dating or you're talking to your partner or you're talking to your kids or you're talking to, to a prospect on, on a call, you're talking to, I don't know, a bank teller or something like whoever it is that you're dealing with out there in the world, right? Like having that grace in your heart 
And knowing what your values are and knowing what your worth is allows you to be able to make better decisions and uh, implement boundaries in your life, you know? And so like in the, in sales, for example, you're the entrepreneur, you're talking to somebody, you're having a negotiation maybe about like your services, your pricing, your timelines, all that kind of stuff. Where I see a lot of my clients like lose the plot is they, um, they're like a no for something, but then they like uh, contort and comply. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. We can do that. Yeah, no problem. We can do that. Yeah, no problem. We can do that. When it's like, no, you don't want to. You shouldn't have done that. And like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> you know? And so knowing that in yourself, you can be like, um, unfortunately, that's not a, like part of the service that we would offer. If you want that, we're going to have to like charge premium for it or whatever, right? Like have some boundaries around around that, which is like, that's the lovability for yourself. That's the self boundary that you're putting on so that you're not finding yourself like in a week from now or a month from now, whatever, burnt out and like hating this client, you know, same thing in a relationship, you know, like you're on a first date with somebody or a second or third date with somebody and you're not expressing your needs, you know, you're not saying like, no, I don't want to do that. Or that's not okay with me. Or like, tell me about your last relationship and who, you know, like what work have you done on yourself since then? You know, like, like really like living into all the things that you believe in and having those conversations and, but doing it from that place of grace and doing that, like, what are your values? What are you valuing? And, um, you know, like what, what do you know that you are worthy of, you know, in, in here? you know, which is confidence and feeling really good about yourself. Mm. Yeah. That, that aspect of like the sale process being everywhere in life, Mm. right. In, in a prospect meeting, in a date, in a conversation with your spouse, whatever that happens to be. I love that, that reminder to like, notice where you're a no, Mm -hmm. even within like the whole process. So I love that example with a prospect, like here's a bunch of different things and they, there's one request that you're like, "Mm, no. And instead of the boundary, the gentle, gracious boundary is that's, that's outside of the scope. Mm Mm-hmm. And letting that be that's outside of the scope of this agreement. If we want to add that on, it'll be yeah, X, Y, Z more. And I see that too with so many of my clients where it's like, sure, we'll, we'll do that too. And then exactly what you said, you know, two, three months later, whatever it is, they're like, Oh, like I can't even, can't even deal with this. And I knew. And so when we, when we like track it back, where did you know? Right. I, yeah. I knew from the first conversation. Yeah. Huh interesting. Right. Well, and that's our intuition. That's our knowing we need to trust that more. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of this, this journey, this healing journey is like trusting ourselves, listening to that intuition. You know, that is something too. Like I work on a lot with, with women mostly is like, okay, where was that? I knew it. That's your intuition. I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew I shouldn't have said that. I knew I shouldn't have gone down that dark alley. (laughs) I knew I shouldn't have dated that dude. Like what? 
red flag central. <laughs> yeah. And so this is where, so when I'm, when I'm working with people and, and we're like noticing, so we'll notice this in like money patterns, especially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, where, again, I love how this healing work is just whatever, whatever aspect you're like focusing on, it applies all over the place. And so where, where I'll see that is I knew I shouldn't have, right. You know, like I felt it and I knew it and yeah. there's a propensity to then, um, you know, it's self-harm Yes, to judge yourself harshly yeah. and to be like, I was so stupid. I can't believe I did that. Yeah. 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 And what that, I mean, that just, it's like, that inner child piece that's hurting already that spoke up in the moment that said, Oop, this doesn't feel good. And you overrode that piece. When you tell yourself, man, that was so stupid. It's like that little piece is like, Oh, okay. So I feel even worse Yeah. now. And so it's this invitation to notice how those are now lessons to learn from. Like, yeah, you made those things happened and we can make a different choice going forward. You know, you heard it, you felt it. How can you then honor that feeling in the moment when it comes up? How can you honor it? Because look where it was right and look where it was right and look where it was right before. And that's, I feel like that's how we start to um, connect. I know you've done a ton of inner child work as well too, right? Like, so bringing that piece into where it's allowing that piece of you to to be heard and seen and like loved back into incorporation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Such a tent. It's such tender work that inner child work. It's really tender work. Yeah. And not, not beating yourself up for our, um, it's compassion, right? Like having, having that compassion for um, going down that dark alley or missing all those red flags or saying yes when you wanted to say no or whatever, you know? And um, I, I, I think, I think I take, um, I take that hard line just before inner child um, because it's like, it's that like wake up awareness piece that needs to happen to jolt people into going, Oh my God. Yeah. I'm, I have a pattern here. You know, that, the awareness, observation, awareness, observation, you know, like the, the steps that I take people through is like awareness, observation, vocal clarity, then it goes into ownership and then mm -hmm. it goes into refinement. And so it's like, you almost have to have that sort of like universal throat punch or whatever it is that wakes you up to the fact like, Holy crap, I've done it again. And the place that a lot of people come to me in is in that is in that hating of that part of themselves, which mm -hmm. I think is wonderful because it's like, yeah, now you're seeing it, you know, and now we have something to work with here. Now we've got this like piece of you that's been like, it's your shadow or whatnot, right? It's like, it's like that underground gargoyle thing that's like, Rah. Um, that you've been suppressing or not looking at or whatever, it's coming out and it's wrecking, wrecking your life in one way, shape or form or something like that, you know, according to you, I don't want this pattern anymore. I don't want this thing anymore. I don't want this anymore. We have to get there, <laughs> you know, in that, in that state we have, and I am an advocate for that state because it's like, yeah, 
cool. Now we can see it. Right. And then it's like, what, where is this part like living? Where is this part creating destruction for you? Where, where are you willing to look at that? Right. Awareness, observation. Oh my God, I'm doing it here. I'm doing it here. I'm doing it here. I'm doing it here. Okay, cool. Yay. Vocal clarity. Well, what do you want to do instead? What do you want to say instead? Like, how do you want to be like, what does, what does the opposite of this look like or feel like for you? Right. And then it's like, okay, now we're, now we're moving into ownership and personal responsibility where now we get to go, okay, let's have some compassion now because this is an old wound. There's something really deep underneath this that needs to be seen. It needs to be heard. It needs to be loved. And a lot of people can't go from that hating on that part to loving on their inner child immediately. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's, it's almost impossible. Like you can't, because they're so angry at that part of themselves. They want it out that it it like takes some time to kind of, to get to that inner child part to be like, okay, yes. Now can you see how this little part of you has been trying to get your attention and like, what is that? Like, how old is that? You know, and then going through like all the inner child work or whatever and having that compassion and then giving that part of you a voice. So, which goes back to like that feeling and that sensation in your body and listening to whatever your authority is. Um, there's a siren. I don't know if you can hear it. (laughs) It'll be gone soon. There we go. All good. Down living, (laughs) you know? Um, and then, and, but just like trusting and listening to all of those parts with that compassion and being like, Oh, there's that, there's that part of me coming up looking to be seen. And instead of hating on it, like I used to now it's like, okay, I'm loving on this part. Oh, what do you need, babe? Like, what do you need? What are you trying to tell me? What are you saying to me right now? you know, until the next pattern comes up (laughs) and it's like, why do I keep doing this? (laughs) Because there's so much, there's so much healing. So Krisha, we have to wrap up and I could keep talking to you for another hour so easily. Uh, So we'll have to find another time to keep diving in. Um, But where can people connect with you right now? Hmm. Um, I think Instagram, I like doing reels on Instagram. So it's at the Krisha Young. Um, there's a link to buy my book on there in, in the bio as well. Um, and my website's pretty good. Like you can learn more about me and, and my services on there, KrishaYoung.com. But those are the two. And Facebook, Krisha Young on Facebook. You're just all over. It's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Krisha is super fun to follow. So definitely go follow her. Everything will be in the show notes. And yeah. I have so enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for being here with me. And yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. And thank you for everybody listening and watching. And like, yeah, take what you need and leave the rest. That's what Mm. I say. Beautiful. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. And be sure to like and subscribe. And again, if anything resonated with you from this episode, I would love to hear from you. Email me at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at expansiveceo.com and tell me about it. And if you're ready for your greatest expansion, you can find ways to work with me at expansiveceo.com and at xsquaredwealthplanning.com. That's X, the numeral two, wealthplanning.com. So until next time, remember that there is enough. 
You are enough, and your birthright in this lifetime is to be expansive.